0: You are listening to The Rooted Podcast, a conversation advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. Registration is now open for our 2017 conference in Dallas, Texas. Our annual conference features great preaching, engaging biblical teaching, practical workshops, and sincere worship. It is great for anyone involved in ministry to youth, including parents. To learn more, visit www.rootedministry.com.
1: Welcome to the Rooted Podcast, where we are trying to help churches and parents uh, be more effective in gospel-centered youth ministry, and uh, just caring for and loving children and pointing them towards Jesus. When a person starts in youth ministry, there are all kinds of inadequacies. You're concerned about how effective a teacher you'll be, or how good you'll be at conversations with students, or whether you'll be able to build community in your youth ministry. But there's a moment... Where something happens and you get the most, the deepest sense of inadequacy you ever could imagine. And that's when there is a tragedy in your community or in your congregation. Someone has died, something awful has happened, and you just have no idea how to respond. Uh, I can speak for myself. It's one of the most disarming things that happened to me when I first started in youth ministry. And so today we are going to talk about. How to Care for Students Who Are Grieving, both uh, immediately after uh, something has happened and in the long haul. And we have uh, three people in the conversation today. We'll go around and introduce ourselves. First, we have Anna Harris.
2: I'm Anna, and I'm a mother of three teenage sons, and they lost their dad six years ago. So I've been um, living with three grieving teenagers for six years. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm And I'm Liz Edrington,
2: and I
3: work as a minister in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I work with young adults and youth, and I'm also a counselor, and I work at Summit Counseling Center Same in I'm Chattanooga.
1: I'm Cameron Cole. I'm also in Birmingham, Alabama. I've worked in uh, youth ministry in a church for 12 years, and I also come to this as a, as a person grieving my uh, youngest child passed away in 2013. And so uh, my perspective on how to minister to kids who are grieving has been uh, vastly changed um, and expanded based on my own grief uh, within, for, for myself and within my own family. So the first question I would ask is, you know, just from experience, like what are some of the experiences that we all have encountered um, in youth ministry that have really shaped um, shaped the way that we think about how we minister to and pastor to kids um, who are grieving.
2: The thing that's been incredible for us is that our church has um, really come around us and um, acted as a family during that time. When it first happened, we were all shell-shocked, even though my husband had been sick for about 15 months. And still there's an element of surprise. It doesn't matter if it's a sudden thing or if it's been an ongoing thing. It's very shocking when the end does come. And uh, our church um, rallied around us not only for that time, but also um, has stuck with us through the last 6 years and that has changed over time um in in terms of um the nearness, you know, at first it was an everyday need and now it's not an everyday need but um they uh all members of the church from um the youth pastor to the senior pastor to various families it's not just the leaders in the church but um, various families have come around us and um, provided uh, day-to-day care and fun and um, counseling and Christmas Eve, and uh, uh, they've really become family to us in a whole different way um, because we were missing their dad. That's Mm
3: -hmm. really beautiful. Um, Some of my story, when I'm trying to wrap my mind around grief and youth ministry. I think my hope as a minister is that I'm not only ministering out of my own story, but also out of the spirit, but my own story does impact how I relate to grief. And much of my life was spent running from pain and not having the tools, I think, to grieve. Hard upbringing, some family tension, and um, not knowing that grief was as valuable as it is. And so when I went to seminary, to counseling school, I began to learn the value of, of grief in becoming a whole person, and maybe in sanctification is how we would see that. And as I myself, I think, have learned and been invited to learn to grieve, to mourn, to sit through times when I feel powerless or angry or confused, um, That that has in a different way, I think, allowed me to sit with students who are going through mm. loss or something something that's not necessarily lost but does invoke grief, whether it's mm-hmm. they didn't make a team that they had their heart mm-hmm. set on. Um, death can look many different ways in addition to being actual someone has passed away. And mm-hmm. I think those things really do need to be grieved, otherwise they get built up and bottled up inside of us and that becomes depression or anxiety. And so learning to pay attention to what you're actually experiencing emotionally and to offer that to someone else invite them to sit with you is maybe one of the biggest, well, I mean, it's one of my battle cries as a minister and counselor. Um, and I hope that I continue to learn to do that well. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, I think through my own story, learning to grieve has helped me, um, to be more comfortable in my own skin and to be able to sit with kids better. And, I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for us as ministers to be able to sit in our own story so that we can sit well and incarnationally and empathetically with students, even when we don't know what to say, but to walk as- alongside them and to be their family, like Anna was saying. That's huge.
1: That's really interesting. So what I hear a lot of what I hear you saying there is it's critically important for us to have an awareness of our own story and grief in our own life. Uh and as a means of being able to that's going to have a huge impact on how we relate to and care for kids and their grief yes yeah and i think another thing i heard you say there too that, that stood out to me is uh, a lot of times we think about grief just in terms of death um and i i can i'll speak personally i say so my son died and about a year and a half later i had a an uh, older friend, his daughter was going to college, and he talked. He, we were having a conversation, and he talked about grieving mm. her going to college, mm-hmm. and it r- made me extremely angry. Mm-hmm. I was, I was really offended because mm-hmm. I was thinking, Yes, "You're talking about your daughter going to college. You're using the word grief like mm-hmm. that is reserved for that's reserved for situations like me, like my child died." Yeah. But then, after my, my my daughter, who's now four. As I started to see her go from being a toddler to being a little girl and like move into a new season of life, I have had obviously not to the same degree, but I've had those feelings of loss. Mm. Those feelings of loss of like, oh, my toddler, you know, yeah. is gone, and you know, she'll never be a toddler again, you know, and she's a little girl now. And I felt I kind of mourned yeah. that a little bit, mm. and and it kind of it it um, that was helpful for me to see that grief you're you're right it's not just reserved for tragic situations but we grieve things like if parents get divorced there's grief Very and there's much. mourning yes. and the loss of what you know what could have been or yes um, if there's a move you know a student moves to a new community and, or just in all kinds of transitions there is there's a sense of loss yes. and there's a grief in that and certainly we you know not a grief like comes with a tragedy but it's, it's just a different, uh, it's in the same, a similar vein, just to a, with a, a different expression.
3: Yeah, and you bringing that up also makes me think of such an important reality of grief that people grieve differently. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple, if they lose a child, like you guys experience, will grieve differently. And a child that has a tragedy experience, or that experiences a tragedy, or the parent that has a kid go to college, each parent will grieve differently. And we want to honor that. Mm-hmm. Um and really, I thought it can be a really hard thing. And it's okay to even recognize how hard that is for people to grieve differently.
2: I've experienced that, having three different sons um, who were different to begin with. And um, and then they were different ages, of course, when their father died. And watching them process through it, it's really been a lesson to me, too. Not only have they been so different, their timelines have been so different when when the waves of grief would hit. One thing that I've very much noticed is that when transitions come, as you were talking about, um, and it can be transitions for them in their bodies because they were maturing and becoming young men, but also transitions to new schools, transitions to college. uh, All of these things bring up new waves of grief because their father's not there. And so I think that in churches caring for um kids who are grieving it's really important for them to remember that it doesn't go away what the church can do is model for them that they're never going to leave they're going to be steadfast in supporting those kids they're going to remember the one who passed away you know sending texts on the anniversary of their birthday or their you know the anniversary of their passing um continuing to honor the person who died but also realizing um We're here with you, and we're not going to leave you. Mm. No matter how ugly and difficult your grief gets, we're sticking by you. And, um, you know, sometimes kids will really act out in grief. And that might not even happen for a few years. It might happen later. But the church really standing by um, a hurting child um, Mm -hmm. and not letting go is really showing the love of Christ, because that's the way Jesus does with us. Mm -hmm
1: yes so thinking about you know our our experiences and thinking about how um, let's let's talk a little bit about how our views on how we pastor to kids in grief has evolved over time in such a way that we could maybe communicate to listeners like give them some practical insights and some practical tools where they can can help kids so you know in, in a similar line to what you just said Anna something that I discovered, um, after my son died is, uh, you know, grief is, is such a lonely place mm-hmm. um, because you feel like you're the only one who can understand your personal loss. Mm-hmm. Like someone, people will come along and try to share, you know, common experience. Oh, you know, I lost my uh, sibling or I lost yeah. my dad or whatever. And that may be true and good, but you didn't lose my dad, yes. you know. And so it creates a really lonely experience. And I think you know the people who really stand out to you as a person who's grieving are the people who know that like you live with that heartbreak like for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember uh, earlier in my ministry, um, there was a family where the father um, there was a family where the father died, and um, and I showed up. You know, I showed up in the immediate time. And and there were some other conversations in the next two years, but I, honestly, I didn't really engage it much after that. Mm. Well, then, you know, five years later, after my son died, I, a few months later, called up the the youngest girl, and I it was you know I think it was five or six years after her dad had died, but I went on a walk with her, and I wanted to say I wanted to hear like tell me. What is it like for you now? Mm. You know, and and it was a new insight. Like I, I just, if you haven't gone through it, it, it can be really hard to understand how long that pain lingers. Yes, and so I think like an example of this is, let's say you have a student and their child died before you came on the. Sorry, you have a student whose parent died. Before you even came on the scene, like when they were five years old, mm-hmm. and that student is getting ready to graduate from high school and go to college, mm-hmm. it, something that would stand out and be, I think, a pastorally helpful thing is to get together with them and ask them, like, what is this like for you that your father <laughs> or that your mother is not here or mm-hmm. that your brother You know, who passed away? You know, fifteen years ago is not here. That I think that really honors a person's pain Mm -hmm. and really comforts that sense of loneliness and isolation that is so inherent and so painful in grief.
2: Yes. Another thing you can do, especially if you didn't know the person who passed away, is say, "Tell me about him or her," because Mm -hmm. that is so healing to talk about the person that you lost and. To want to hear those stories and to laugh with them, and um, you know that that's that's always meaningful. Well, that's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of,
3: and I think maybe that's what's changed for me. I had even more fear of saying the wrong thing or asking the wrong question, and my encouragement would really be, don't like lean into the fear, even if you feel it, or mm-hmm. into the powerlessness that you're likely to feel, and and ask, ask a question, ask they're doing ask where they are ask them if they want to remember ask them what they need and keep asking yeah. i love the long-term vision yes. of there is an immediate loss and then there's the long-term this is shaping to the rest of their lives and their faith so keep following up with anniversaries and with mm-hmm. birthdays and transitional times and keep asking is what i would say
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. how about
1: right when something happens like right when things go down um, what are some things? Cause that, I think that is where, where you feel really paralyzed and kind of helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a youth pastor or if you're just a, you know, a parent in a church who wants to care, like what are some, what are some, um, I don't want to say strategies, but, but tools we can offer tips we can offer people for like in the immediate wake of something.
2: So when my husband died, uh, one of the Men that knew my children pretty well immediately started taking the youngest one out to breakfast mm. every Friday morning and it mm. continues mm. and it was very concrete and they have a shared love of greasy breakfast food and so it was kind of a natural um, progression, a natural um, thing for them to do anyway, but it it's, it's still continued and it's allowed them to have a relationship it's not a father relationship. But it is an older man that he trusts and can rely on, and has gone to for advice, mm-hmm. and um, that relationship's been incredible. It was just a real, a really organic thing that happened.
3: That's awesome. I, you know, sometimes it helps to have those abstract concepts about grief, and probably most of y'all out there know the Kubler Ross stages, but even just a have a sense for what could be happening with this student you've got denial anger bargaining depression and then acceptance and your student may be going through any or all of them and they're cyclical and they don't go in an order and they come back around five years later for sure um but just even be able to identify okay wait this kid is angry again great let's engage the anger engage it with them allow them to have a place to be angry to be whatever they are and to be alongside them with it
2: in it. And to tell them, you know, take them back to Jesus. Yes. Death made Jesus angry. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. okay that death makes you angry. That's and this right. is not the what his plan was, yeah. or not what he wanted for us. This is why he came. That's right. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can be. It's a it's a chance too to engage the gospel in those stages, nice. and what does the gospel have to say about what you're feeling right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there there are a lot of um, sadly a lot of voices in Christianity that um, that think that for whatever reason to like show to express your pain, express your questions, and to lament, they shame they they shame that and yes. yes. say that that's being. You know, less godly, yes. and it's just a totally unbiblical yes. idea. Yeah. And the, the Psalms are filled with laments, and like you said, we see Jesus lamenting. So, I think if there's one thing we can really offer uh, this, this scripturally driven is to encourage them to, f- to feel the feelings Amen. and to, um, and to take those feelings to the Lord, Yes. you know, to cry out to the Lord, lament to him.
3: Hey, and if you get inspired, I'm going to brag on my church this last Sunday, it is the season of Lent right now. We had a lament service for people who are hurting or wanted to bring someone who was hurting or had loss. And it was, one of the most encouraging things I think I've heard a church doing um, with intentional music and space for people to be together and to mourn and to grieve whatever they had and there were folks who would pray if they wanted specific prayer during the service and to be a community and grieve if you can facilitate that in any way in your mm-hmm. church I encourage you to do that we're made for that and we don't do it enough especially in western culture mm-hmm. um, yeah
1: I think uh a couple other just kind of very practical things I would say is I remember when I started in youth ministry, some kids in a family and youth group, the father passed away from cancer. And I had only been on the job for, a, I think, actually for about 10 days. Whew. So I didn't have a whole lot of, you know, I didn't have any relationship or credibility there. But my boss, who had been in youth ministry for 10 years, he said, listen, just show up show up and shut up mm-hmm. that's what he said and so i just went over to the house and i just was there i didn't really have mm-hmm. anything to say mm-hmm. and you know quite honestly the instruction he said if you don't have anything to say and you don't know what to say just tell them that just yes. say i have no idea what to say to you i'm just sorry and i'm here yes and that just showing up really it stands out yes um
2: yeah, I remember who was at the house mm-hmm. in those Absolutely. hours after. I remember, and I don't remember what they said. I don't remember what they did, mm-hmm. but I remember who was there. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. One other thing I would say too, and this was a shift from after after I lost my son is you know kids would demonstrate kind of bizarre behavior in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That I observed, I thought I would see him do, you know, post a thousand pictures on Facebook or just be free associating about their loss on Facebook after a friend had died, Mm. and I just thought it was, I just thought it was weird. I thought, you know, I wanted to tell the parents, like, get the kids off social media. I, I didn't say that, but then after my son died, and I started to see how things that seem abnormal to other people are actually can be really helpful for you or yes I just think mm-hmm. I would say you just need to have a very wide wide reach of acceptance and grace
3: mm-hmm. yes. just
1: give give them a ton of grace for however it is that they express their grief um and, and patience and,
3: and time when whether mm-hmm. that's I'm thinking of a student who wore her grandfather's sweater for a while and wanted to have it with her and to let that be something that is a comfort and um a transitional object into another phase of life is is important, and be gentle with them, and be patient with their timing on when they need to give the sweater up, or how long they need to have it. Or um, yeah, I'd encourage a lot of grace with that.
1: Good well, this has been a really great conversation, yes. um, and and it's, uh, it's 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 a really uh, it's a delicate thing. I think it requires a lot of wisdom and a lot of grace from the Lord. But of course, you know the kind of bottom line in all of this is we just, we really just need to ask for the Lord's wisdom and ask for the compassion of Christ as we enter into these types of situations.
3: Yeah, and I'd add one of the very very wise men in my life recently said, and this is again broadening, broadening the scope for what we grieve, but that with any change comes loss. And all loss needs to be grieved. So with any change, good or bad, yeah. comes mm-hmm. loss. Yeah. And all loss needs to be grieved. So even thinking about in your own life where that's true, when you enter into grief, y- you grow in a way that allows other students, I think, to be to benefit from that in your ministry. Mm.
1: That's great. Well, thanks for listening to the Rooted Podcast. If you want to learn more about Rooted, you can visit us at www.rootedministry.com.
0: For more information on gospel-centered youth ministry, visit our website, www.rootedministry.com. Thank you to our friends at High Street Hymns for providing music for our podcast. Visit their website at www.highstreethymns.com.